No matter the size of your church, it can be plenty easy to just show up and really not get involved in the life of the church. Well, Marilee Bradley is convinced that small groups or life groups can be the answer to not just attending, but finding connection and community. Now, our guest is a mom of eight from Lincoln and is part of the MyBridge team. Marilee, welcome to the conversation. Good morning. It's so good to get to talk to you. Today, we're going to talk about small groups, right? Because it's something that you've been thinking about. Why? Why have you been thinking about such a thing? <laughs> we uh, recently switched churches within the last year. And when we went to a new church, we really struggled to connect for a while. Um, it felt like we could just show up on Sunday mornings and then sneak out the door. And that was all that was required of us. And we felt like this doesn't seem like the body. This doesn't feel like how this is supposed to go. And so it really became a passion of ours to figure out how do we get connected? How do we create a small group that works for our family in this season and works for other families? And how have we seen that done well in the past? I'm going to pick on you a little bit here on the, in the, <laughs> the choice of name. You're calling it small group. You know, one of the things I found about that name, that phrase is it can be somewhat meaningless. <laughs> and the reason I oh, say yeah. the, the reason I say that is, is because it's so meaning filled, meaning full in a F-U-L-L way because it's like dating. I did a talk on dating years ago when I was on staff with the Fellowship Christian Athletes and I had all the kids write out their definition for dating and then I read, I said, what if this person was dating <laughs> this person and their expectations were vastly different how they were defining it. So anyway, small groups can be that way obviously because we all small groups communicates is it's a small group of people. I have thoughts. Yeah, we. <laughs> I've actually had to retrain myself to say small group because that's the language of our church. Okay. But where we came from, it was life groups yeah. and I love that. It was the people you were doing Maybe you need to retrain your church. <laughs> bring your culture to what you do. I'm not you. You bring your culture to the church. <laughs> this is farther down the to do list, Dan. I've got other priorities. We'll get right. there eventually. All right, all right. We'll go with small groups today. Oh no, maybe we'll go. This isn't your church. So let's call them life groups. Hey, life group. I love it. You came to the church that you're in now. You had an experience in the past that kind of shaped some of what your expectations and hopes in a good way were for what you experienced there. So in terms of small group, life group, growth group, community group, whatever your, your church calls it, but in terms of your experience in the past, like what's the best experience that you've had as far as doing community in a small group? Yeah. Oh, I can just get so like sentimental about it the way you'd get about like your best family vacation. Like mm. it just, it was such an amazing experience. And I think that was totally related to the leadership of the church at that time and their vision for how important it was to have life groups that functioned well. So they invested in their leaders. Leaders met together, you know, I think it was at least twice a year and there was vision that was talked about and they were supported. We could share if we were having struggles and how leadership was going. And we felt like what we did mattered to the success of our church community, <laughs> that we were actually doing church and being church in a way that was really meaningful to then what happened on Sunday mornings. And I think that created a whole culture in the church where everyone felt like, yeah, we just get involved in a small group. I remember at one meeting, they had a whiteboard out and they wrote down every small group, everybody who was in that small group. And then on the other side, they wrote down who literally by name, who wasn't in a small group yet. And it was like, go get them. These are the people that need to know that we love them. And what is it that's hold a uh, hold up for them? And but it was so much. This is the culture of our church. We want everyone to know that they belong. Okay. Now, did they do that in a church service? Or was that in the leadership? training. 
leadership. For okay, sure, right. leadership. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> me a little worried there for a minute. <laughs> oh, no, no. And it was totally, I mean, I think everyone felt like I'm wanted. You know, it wasn't a guilt thing. It was, we want to know you better. We want to be able to provide for you and you're struggling. How do we make sure you know you actually matter to this body? You're not just sneaking in on Sundays and sneaking out. We, we want more of you because we love you. And I think when you do that as a church leadership team, it makes such a huge difference to how small groups work in your church. Great job communicating kind of your best experience as a group leader. What about a participant? Yeah, we had had some sweet experiences over the last couple of years where we had a group of, um, Brian and I were the oldest people in there. It was mostly younger people with younger kids. And we had like, we were meeting together as men and women every other week. And then on the off weeks, just the men would meet or just the women would meet. And that was really great to even break it down a little further and to be able to talk about what was really going on in our lives. And I think specifically, I was having some health issues at one point and I was on this super restrictive diet. And so I show up at this meeting where we normally have dessert and someone had made me like carrot cake muffins mm. with the exact specifications cool. of what I was able to eat. And it was that kind of care for each other and knowing what we were going through and supporting each other that felt like, yeah, if I have a problem, these are the people I'm going to talk to. I remember a number of years ago, which kind of sent me on a journey for experiencing church in a different way for me, but it wasn't that big a deal, but it was in terms of a need that my wife and I had, but I looked around and I'm like going, I know all these people, but there's no one who's there to help me. But I began to, to talk to people who were going through hard times. I always asked them all the same question. Who's walking with you through this? And every time for numbers of years, actually, I heard the same thing, nobody. And these were people who were in larger evangelical healthy churches that were doing a lot of things right, but somehow people were able to, to kind of walk through pretty hard, very hard things alone. Here's my question for you. Do you think that happens because we assume that everyone else is connected? This is a me problem. Like nobody wants to connect with me. So then you feel isolated and you don't want to share that, but you think everyone else has a network. I just don't. I mean, as far as what I was just talking about, I think it happens because they aren't connected. It's one of, it's one of those things that if you don't have a connection before you have hit a hard time, after you hit a hard time, you're trying to survive it. Like you, you don't have the energy, you don't have the whatever to reach out often in, the, in those types of times. That's where, to me, it's so important to be connected in a healthy way so that when those times, not if those times, when those times come, we have that relational connection, we have that commitment to each other. And it does, to me, go beyond, typically, unless you belong to a fairly small church that really does communities well, bigger yet still small context. But if you're not in a smaller context with names and faces with people that are committed to do life with each other, then you're going to go through some hard stuff by yourself. And that's not very fun. So Marilee, I'm going to ask you, like, what do you think it is that uh, makes it so that so many people continue to be involved at attending a church service, but not really getting connected in a, in a life-giving kind of a way for a smaller group, community group, life group? I think it's two things. I think one of them is uh, it's a priority decision. So we're all very busy people in this day and age. And if I let the YMCA youth sports program dictate my life, we would be busy every single night of every week. But we have said the most important 
important thing we do is follow Jesus. So everything's going to have to get in line after that. We are going to figure out how to make time for these things that keep us connected, that keep us connected to the body, that keep us connected to scriptures. So that's got to be a priority for us. And I know for some people, they just aren't used to thinking about it that way, or they look at their calendar and say, it's already so full, we can't possibly add one more thing. We all have to choose what our priorities are. And I think the other thing for me is fear. Either people have had a bad experience with a small group situation, or they think, I don't really want people to know my business. I think that kind of keeps people from wanting to get to know people on a deeper level. What if someone has stepped out, took a risk, entrusted themselves to another a group of people and got burned <laughs> like they they did have a bad experience and they did get burned in that group what would you say to them that's part of being people <laughs> we do these things to each other i mean we've had those experiences in friendships and work relationships that doesn't mean that we stop having friends or going to our jobs so i think you can say this either we need actual reconciliation in this situation or we can say you know what that experience was not the right experience for me for whatever reason and I need to keep pursuing and figuring out how to make this thing work because I think we're actually supposed to be doing this, to be connecting as a body in in meaningful ways. That's a very hard thing to walk through. We've absolutely walked through it. It makes a lot of things awkward. It makes you feel like I don't want to open again. I don't want to trust people again. And I think we have to push through that. But I think there is also a grieving process when you get let down by the body of Christ, either by your church or church leadership or small groups, 100%. for sure. I, I liken it to, if we put that on dating and relationships, no, hardly anyone would get married right? because very few of us married the first person we ever had a relationship with. And man, plenty of us got hurt in a relationship prior to the one that we ended up marrying. Yeah. Or we got hurt and we worked it out with them and then we stuck with we them. Got you know, that you, right, <laughs> right, right. You can figure out that's how to work good. through those conflicts yeah. too. That's sometimes that's how you grow the most. All right. So I'm going to ask you a really hard question that you probably won't have an answer, but it'd be fun to kind of bang it around a little bit. I was a pastor for a while. I know lots of pastors. I know lots of churches and kind of what's going on with them. I don't know that I could name a church or a pastor that feels like they've unlocked small groups, that they go like, man, we just have so unlocked this. What do you think that is? If church is a box check to you, Sunday mornings are a great way to check that box and you don't need to do anything else. So I think there's that kind of pushback, but I also feel like I haven't seen a lot of places and you're talking about churches that have pushed in fairly hard. And I feel like when I've seen a church push in fairly hard, it was successful because they were talking about it from the front. They were empowering their leaders to ask people, do you want to be part of this? When you have that intentionality, I think it helps. So I'm curious what you're seeing. What I'm seeing is in larger churches, like how does this multiply and keep expanding and extending? Because ultimately we're not talking about just systematically getting people in smaller groups of people. <laughs> like we're talking about unlocking community and you're not going to experience community sitting on a pub each week. Ultimately, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about commitments. We're talking about community with each other. And, you know, a church can program Sunday morning service. Like that's, you can program that, but you can't program community. You can't program small groups. So it's a lot harder. Do you think it's harder in large churches because people may go to larger churches to avoid being known, to avoid that kind of accountability or community? Could be part of it for some people, for sure. I think the other thing is, are you trying to be a church that does small groups? Are you trying to be a you know church of small groups or a church with small groups? You know what I'm saying? So right, am, right, I, right, am right. I committing to the small groups and saying, this, this is who we're going to be. This is what we're going to value at a significant level. And we're going to shape around 
that, which is kind of what I heard you talk about earlier. Yeah. And I think the question churches have to ask themselves is how easy is it to get involved if people want to? Are we making this as simple as possible or do we accidentally have a whole bunch of roadblocks here? And I think that was what we ran into when we first started was like, we want to be in a small group. We have no idea how to sign up. And that information may have been out there, but it was difficult to access. So I think when you've been in the same church community for a long time, sometimes you feel like, oh yeah, everybody knows that. But then you have people come in who really want community or are looking for community and they cannot figure out how to get there. So evaluating, have we made this easy? Do people know how to access this? Or are we assuming everybody already knows that we care about this? So what do you do if someone's listening today and uh, they're going, man, yeah, I'd love to be in a small group of people that I'm doing life with and uh, we're there for each other. And I'd love for me to experience that. I'd love for our kids to experience that. My church doesn't offer that. Here's the answer I'm going to give. And I don't like it. I think you have to make it yourself, but I don't like that because there are people who will make it themselves. And then there are people who need it, but they, that's not their gift. Exactly. That's not who they are in the body. So I think being able to have open conversations with church leadership to say, I would really like to be a part of something like this. Can we as a church have that? I think that's very important. I think churches should be offering these things. But I know for me, if I need it, I'm going to make it. And it's going to, and I'm going to figure out who needs to be in here with me and I'm going to talk them into it. You know, it's going to happen. But I recognize that that's not how everybody functions. And sometimes people need a me. And that's what I figured out is like, I I can look around and see who's not involved and try to rope them in. But you need that on a broad scale from your church. Yeah. So if you're one of those people, you know, we need you to step up and step into that space, right? Because there's other people who aren't wired that way. I'm like you. I mean, when I, when I got connected in my soul with my sense of need and my family's need to be connected with a group of people with names and faces that we're doing life in that we could commit to each other and be there for each other. I just made it happen. But I'm wired that way. Like I'm wired that way. I There are most people that have been in community groups with me, life groups with me would not be wired that way. Right. So I like what you're saying there as far as if that's a value that you hold, that's a desire that you have, a need that you've identified to approach with humility and prayerfulness and a willingness to do whatever you can to help, you know, approach your church leadership and say, man, is this something that we could see happen in our church. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you see a problem, then you've got to be part of the solution. That's just how that works. You know, however, if it's bringing information or research or vision, if you're noticing something, then it's on you to point that out and then offer to help get it figured out. But I think sometimes it's easy for churches to say, well, if you want that, go get it, go for it. And that's just not how everybody's going to be wired. Merrily, the goal of this is not to get a small group of people together. So if you think about small group, life group, community group, what your envision, your heart for a small group would be? 10 years ago, I would have said, this is about studying the scriptures together. This is about praying together. This is about getting really deep, a class in some ways with people that we love and getting to know their life story. And I think that's incredibly valuable and a really great way to do life groups. My current life group situation is we are doing it with people who our kids all go to school together and go to church together because we need support in parenting. And we really wanted our kids to to know that there were other people who were praying for them and love them. A lot of what we do is pretty strictly fellowship oriented, but it is a lot less academic at this point in our journey than it was at others. And I am trying to feel okay with that. I think it's meeting the need where we're at, 
But I also have this like, man, we should be doing more. But I recognize that there may be different seasons and that different life groups can meet different needs. Mm. What do you think? Because I think it's important to figure out what your goal is for that group and call it that. What you were describing at the beginning of this is I would call it Bible study group versus a life group. What are you trying to do in that group? You're trying to do life with one another. What I'm passionate about is more that life group, community group kind of thing. To me, the the most accurate, fullest expression of what church is, is the one another commands. Love one another, serve one another. All those one another commands do not happen by sitting in a big Bible study called Sunday morning church services, which nothing negative against that. They're awesome. They're powerful. We need them also. But that's not the expression of one anothering each other. So to really experience the whole dynamic of what Jesus intended for the church to experience as far as connection and relationship and support and growth stimulating each other to love and good deeds, all that stuff only happens with a smaller group of people with names and faces that you know, that you commit to and you do life with one another. I think there is a matter of communicating expectations ahead of time of, is this going to be a Bible study? How often are people comfortable meeting? And that was what I ran into when we started this process was I was ready for a very regular commitment. Like we're doing every week. Of course, we're doing every week. That's what you should do is every week. And these people were like, what are you talking about? No, thank you. We can't possibly do this. And, you know, we had to back it down to, okay, this is what is reasonable for everybody. And if we can do more at some other point, that's great. But I'm seeing how these relationships are developing really beautifully and organically. And we are more committed to each other and seeing each other more times than just that. But it was that expectation level of if I think it should be this, but this is what the group needs, we've got to figure out how to make sure we're all on the same page. So, Marilee, it's been a great conversation this morning. Always is. Knew it would be. We could go on and on about this area because we're both passionate about it. Just to kind of end our time, I would love for you to just give a word of encouragement to people who currently are not connected in a life group, community group, small group kind of a experience. I don't know what your specific gifts are, but there is a body that's missing that. <laughs> if you are the left hand, that body needs its left hand. And this is how you become connected is to be in those smaller groups and be able to use your gifts and support other people. And I think in the moments we think we don't need a small group because life is going fine for us and we're really busy, those are the times to start making those connections because there will come a time when things are hard or there will be people who are in a hard time and they need exactly who you are, the kind of support you can offer and the wisdom that you bring, that they're going to need you in their homes, around their tables, sharing brownies together. This is the time to start that connection. So we have been incredibly blessed by being involved in healthy small groups. And it has made all the difference in feeling like the church is a place that we want to be and the church is a place that needs us. It's good. Yeah, I appreciate that you went to giving versus getting. <laughs> if we all go to get, no one gets. If we all go to give, everyone gets. Yeah, and I think we've had such great experiences of both that when we have been in hard times, we have been served and loved well. And it's been incredibly meaningful to us to be able to invest in the lives of people who are struggling or to invest in their lives when they're not struggling and then be able to be there when they are because they know us and trust us and that's earned. So yeah, I think it's it's a worthy investment. Well, Marilee, we always enjoy our times together here on MyBridge Radio. Really appreciate the perspective that you bring and thanks so much for spending the morning with us today. Yeah, thank you. It's always good to talk to you.